Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots, episode 169. We discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and features for growing your sales and marketing results. In this episode, we're going to talk about community market events, HubSpot sales and marketing features, plus how to respond if your boss says, we need to redo our website, Craig. My name is Ian Jake from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Look, I'm good and gee, I think we need to redo our website. Yes, and we're going to talk about this because I've had this being asked of me a few times this week. Yeah, I've had it as well this week, saying someone saying, oh, do you think we should focus on our website? So we'll come up to that, I think, in uh, Shot 6, Inside of the Week. All right, on to our Inbound Thought of the Week, Craig, and we both attended Grow with HubSpot this week in Sydney. And I have to say, I was a bit surprised. Surprised in a good way? Yes, surprised to see the number of people there. It's the first time they've charged and to see the number of people that were in attendance kind of shocked me a little bit. But, you know, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's that thing. If you pay money, you turn up. It was very well attended. And I thought the quality of the talks was very good. I don't think there was a single session. I wasn't there for all of them. I have to say I missed some of the start. But the ones I attended, they were all high quality. And we're actually going to pull out just a few of our takeaways from some of the sessions Three little micro takeaways. So we went to one where we we listened to Eric Newcomb from Shopify, and that was really interesting. He was talking about branding, and he had some great examples. And you know the video that everyone kind of responded to when he was fashion brand? Yes. um, The sweaters, right? Yeah, the cashmere sweaters. So they were called uh, Nadam, N-A-A-D-A-M, and they have some awesome videos. So we've included a link to that. And why are we including this? Because, well, you know, there's lots of funny videos, but this particular one, it was just about their brand voice and their brand identity, what they stood for, all encapsulated in a couple of minutes. I thought it was really good, entertaining, but also educational about what they stand for and do. And I just thought it was really good. I, I kind of found it motivating. It was. I loved the video because it actually showed their entire, how the product started right through to their production procurement, right to the end of, through the sale. And why they did stuff and why they chose not to do things. And I really love that. I don't know if you were in the session with Graham Hawkins. where You were probably in Matt Barbie's session at the time. I so, was yeah. in Matt Barbie's session. Yeah, well, Graham Hawkins, he was talking about the social selling courtship process, which is basically, if I was to summarize it, it's don't spam. It's actually builds on the, the well-known dating analogy, you know, just kind of gently, gently, and then build a relationship first. Uh, We've included one of the slides from his deck, which is really good. Just um, just a nice little process for how to approach people on social. You're trying to offer them value if there's a fit where you can help them further. And that's really the process. Correct. Always be helping, Craig. And now I went to the Matt Barbie session about SEO. Which was absolutely packed. I got there a bit late and I was crammed up the back. I just couldn't get in. I I thought I was going to faint. It was so hot and crammed with people. Very popular. I love the session. And I've been talking to people about this, but really it came down to how Google search has changed and the immense change that's happened in the last 12 months and how Google have become better at understanding intent with search. And he used lots of great stories, uh, things that have happened in HubSpot, you know, a piece of content that was getting 100,000 views a month went from 100,000 almost down to zero and how he went about and his team went about trying new things and trying to understand what was going on and how they are now looking at content and how they're actually working with content and working on understanding how search results work in different um, scenarios. 
So it was fascinating. I think the interesting thing about that is it doesn't matter how big and advanced and successful you are at SEO, there's always changes happening. So just don't, you know, HubSpot, a content machine, they're not immune. And so I'm interested to hear that drop and uh, how they've kind of basically analyzed it, found what's changed and then worked towards restoring traffic. Correct. So he used a really good analogy and I'll just try to repeat it as best I can. He used the analogy of football, for example, right? So he knows if you're a Manchester United fan and you do a search on a Wednesday, for example, Google understands it's not a day when games are going on. So it might actually show you information about the team, might show you fixtures, might show you where they are on the ladder. If you do the same search on a Saturday or Sunday when they're playing, you're going to get results of the game. You're going to get, would you like to buy tickets? How to get to the game would be one of them. The result and the experience is totally different to that on a Wednesday, for example. And just made me realize, wow, like things have really shifted. And we know this, but when you hear it from somebody that's doing this on a mass scale, like Matt, it just made me, you know, think, wow. And this is what I really like about uh, when you hear speakers like that. They're actually doing it. They're in the trenches doing it. Oh, well, he's maybe not doing hands-on, but he's overseeing it. And he's guiding the strategy to get stuff back and what's working. So I really like to hear that. Skin in the game, as we say. Yeah. And his whole thing was about doing more with less. So essentially, using what you have and making it better to get a better result. Now, he had a slide uh, we've got in the show notes, which is really around analyzing content to kind of prune it out if it's no longer useful. He used the, the Brexit analogy for <laughs> He it. did. Anyway, he used the Brexit analogy and he actually kind of gave seven points about how to prune irrelevant content off his site. And I'd encourage everyone to actually look at this. Even if you are not doing SEO, actually go through it and understand what it takes. Because you can be asking the right questions to your agency or the person that's doing your SEO and saying, hey, have we actually looked at this stuff or are we just cruising along? All right. Lots of great value there. Um, now, just continuing the theme of events and also with Matt Barbie, I was actually at an SEO dinner last night. So, this was the night after the HubSpot with Grow. Matt was still in Sydney. It's the first time I've been to one of those because, you know, I'm not particularly social, right? So, and you went by yourself, Craig. I went by myself. I didn't have anyone to hold my hand. Oh, dear. But uh, it was actually really good. They were really friendly, really smart. And so, why am I mentioning all this? Well, basically, even if you're of my personality type, which is fearful, I guess, of getting out in social... Uh, situations. It was really valuable. I met a whole bunch of smart SEO people. James Norquay from Prosperity Media here in Sydney, a great agency. He organized the meetup and it was really good. And I got to chat with Matt as well and uh, chat about a few HubSpot things. So it was really good. So to marketing managers and people working in digital and that, just join one of these groups, go along, meet a few people, get a whole bunch of ideas. And we were chatting about some of these over dinner tonight. Like we do this agency stuff day in, day out, but I was just exposed to new ideas from people. So really valuable. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about the email of your report. And this is actually new and it's in beta. Not every portal will have it, but we want to talk about it because it is coming. So, we've got a screenshot of it. I couldn't believe this. I was uh, looking through a client's portal. Uh, they're on Pro and I found, oh, what's this email report? Oh, this looks pretty good. It's the new email report. Oh, I hadn't seen that in mine. Went into our own agency portal. We're an enterprise portal, right? And I'm like, oh, cool. We're, oh, not here. No, and in fact, when I tried to go to the link that would correspond to it, you know, the URL, no, don't have access. You don't have the keys, Craig. No, not special. So, I stuck with the old email report. But the new one looks really good. And we were going through this with a client because they can just, because we've got everything nicely in campaigns, right? 
at the top. You could do this with the old style as well, but you can just choose the campaign, drill into the emails, and you can see all the emails with that campaign grouped into like a summary. So if you've got brands or departments or divisions, you can kind of get a sense of how the email marketing for those departments is going. Really useful. I just love how they're always improving these kinds of things. All right, Craig, on to our sales feature of the week. And I wanted to highlight this HubSpot video for sales. Now, we've all known it's been there for a while, but I think very few people use it. And look, admittedly, I don't use it that much, but I'm going to actually put my face on there and and do it more often. So anyway, we did a test, right? And it uses Vidyard, which is one of the integration partners with HubSpot. And I just want to encourage people, if you are in sales and you want to cut through the, the noise, it's a really good way. And the the tools are built in. Literally, if you have a computer, you can, you can do this. It's just about enabling it and recording the video. Yeah, so you recorded this right within HubSpot, right? Yes. So you're in HubSpot, you're in my contact record for this particular test. You just want to create email I hit the video and button, then yeah. hit the video. You recorded, sent it to me. It's all hosted within HubSpot slash Vijad. It's all, yeah, it's quite a, quite a smooth process. That's right. So if you're in sales, I definitely encourage you to do this. Like if you've recorded ones, you might actually have ones that you can use on a regular basis. Say you're answering particular questions. Maybe it's a, hi, my name is Ian. And I just want to introduce myself. That's a really simple video. You can actually keep that and reuse that many times over. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot gotcha of the week. This is an interesting one you highlighted to me uh, today around, it's to do with setting up custom properties. So you're on a contact record, you set it, create a custom property and it's got, say, a drop down. You've got ABC. And so then you ran into this issue where if you changed the values on the dropdown, you couldn't rely on them being changed throughout the system. That's right. So a custom property, as most of you would know, you might be collecting a particular kind of information. So as a test, let's say you have a product and you've got product ABC and your boss comes along and tells you, oh, I don't want product A to be called product A. Let's change that to product AB. And you're like, okay, cool. So let's say that's against a contact record. So Craig has now brought product A, which is now called product AB. If you look against his contact record, you're going to see that it's changed to AB. Now, this is what I found. I had this in a workflow where I was looking to send a particular email if you had product A and a different email if you had product B. That did not change. So when I did this test and I thought, okay, I've now changed this to product AB. If I request product A, B now, I should get this email. I didn't get the email. I went, oh, there's something wrong. Anyway, went to the workflow. It's looking for product A, which does not exist any longer. And therefore, if you have product A, B, which used to be A, you don't see anything. So you need to change the workflow. And I imagine that would impact, we didn't test this, but you're, you were talking about triggers or branching, things like that based on the property value. So the the comparison that you're doing still looked for the value as opposed to like which reference they were. I imagine smart content would be the same. Yes. It probably wouldn't switch out. It'd still be looking for an actual value. Exactly. So just still something to be aware of if you're using some of the logic within HubSpot. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing tip of the week. And we have all seen these emails. So, so my clients get these as well. And oh, yeah, so we- they're an email from someone claiming to work from Google Ads saying, oh, you've got problems with your account and you need to change some things. And they normally want to set up a call and walk you through. So let let me read some of this email because 
most people would have probably heard a, heard about this email. It so says, this is this is an Hi, example Craig. example email you might get. Yeah. Hi Craig, this is Rohit. You're a Google Ads account manager. I tried reaching your agency to provide an important update to the updates missing in your account. They have denied to take down the update, which might affect your performance. I request you call me at the number given and schedule time by clicking the link below. I look forward to hearing from you, Craig. Okay, so just I'll put this in context. So this is an email. So let's say you're an agency like we are. And we say to our clients, oh, there's this new feature in Google Ads, let's say. We don't want you to use it or it's not appropriate for you. Anyway, they get an email, not to ask the agency looking after the client's account, but directly to the client saying, oh, there is an error. In fact, what did it say? It says to provide the important updates missing in the account, right? It's kind of like, oh, there's something missing. There's something wrong. They have denied to take down the update. It's even terrible English, but it it hardly makes sense, right? So then the client will ring us or you or the agency and go, oh, what's going on? What's And often they don't even get to that because they've spoken to the Google rep who's already made changes in the account. And the problem is they're not actually a Google rep for starters. They're some outsourced agency by Google. Google has outsourced it to them, but they're not actually officially Google. And often they're just terrible. They're juniors. They're poorly trained or not trained at all. And they give bad advice. And this is going, if you're on Twitter, you'll see this often people complaining about this all the time. They're like, Really bad advice. They go in, they destroy the accounts. Great for Google, spending, Spend you know, more money, wasting Craig. more money and stuff like that. But anyway, we've linked to a thread on Twitter where this has been exposed. And actually, Google Ads replied to this. And they were going, oh, sorry, let us look into it. <laughs> Everyone was piling on going, just how bad Google is and you're terrible and shocking. So, to listeners, to marketing managers, if you are working with an agency who is looking after your Google Ads and you get these emails from people purporting to be Google reps... Just be wary. Discuss it with your agency first and just be informed on the changes that this Google rep is attempting to make you make in the account. And Craig, on to our insight of the week. Now, Craig, you know what? Our website's not working. We need to redo our whole website. Now, this is something I heard even today and I asked why. And, you know, there was nothing wrong with the way the website looked. It was actually really well designed on brand. Maybe the content could have been updated. And then I said, why do you want to do that? And they were a bit dumbfounded. They were like, oh. I think this is the go-to when you're procrastinating. You're not getting results and you're like, oh, we've really got to redo our website because that's magically going to fix it all, right? So this comes in a number of guises. uh, But what do we always say? It's remember how, who was it first said to us, solve for the problem? Yes, correct. Who was that? forget who said. Anyway, HubSpot, of course. Push this line, solve for the problem all the time. Might have been Dumbish. Kip, might have been Kip Bodnar, actually. Kip, I remember yes. interviewed him way back in episode. What was that? Thirty four or something like that. Way back in it the It was a long time ago. Said, how are you going, Kip? I wonder wonder how he's going. Anyway, solve for the problem. And this is it. Is the website the problem? Or what's the problem? Well, often you say, Oh, what is the problem? They don't know. So we as marketers need to be putting in place a framework where you can actually measure what the results are so that when there is a problem, and look, there's plenty of problems. You're actually solving for the most important problem. And quite often, the design of the website is not the most important problem. Correct. So, there are some things that you can actually do to make sure that you are tracking things and got the right information to make the right choices with what you want to do. One of the really simple things we do to start, Craig, is looking at Google Analytics and looking at where people are landing, where people are going, where they're falling off. 
That's one thing. So looking at the flow. Another thing we do is we use a tool like Hotjar to actually see how far people are scrolling, what are they clicking on, where uh, even recording sessions to get an understanding of what people are doing, what's stopping them from converting or talking to the business. And another thing could be your content is terrible. Actually do a content audit and see whether it makes sense and it actually flows. Well, that's right. Just getting a good copywriter involved sometimes, it does uh, a world of good. The other thing, um, you know, when you said Hotjar and things like that, just sometimes speed of the site is so bad. You don't need to redo your site. You just got to get it on better hosting. How many times have we said that on the show? We had one of those instances in this week, Exactly. That business has moved their site onto WP Engine because they were on a WordPress host. The business owner said to me, he goes, wow, it's so much quicker. And that's the reality of it. It's like, don't host your site in a bad neighborhood, I always say. Because you're bound to have someone hack it. You're bound to have not the best windows and soundproofing, etc. And so it pays to host in the right place. Absolutely. All right, on to our integration of the week, Craig. And this was announced at Grow. Yeah, so we just thought we'd call out each week now just an integration that is worth considering. And this is for zero. That's right. Now, this is pretty important because a lot of people have asked for it and there are other integrations for zero but this integration is actually built by zero and it's native so it'll hook into hubspot now at the time of us recording this the only thing that happens in this integration is that data from zero goes into hubspot and towards the end of this year we'll actually have more functionality between hubspot and zero uh, so when they announced it because I, I wasn't there for when they announced it what was the actual like benefit? Is there a need for people to get contacts out of zero? Like what's driving that? No, so this is just the first part, Craig. It's really about having visibility about your contacts, their billing, getting the customer lifetime value, what's being invoiced, etc. So when it was announced, it was a bigger piece. It was kind of was a part of the whole Martech talk, the marketing technology talk and how the number of connections have actually increased. Like every year, it's like a 1,000 more. I think there were like 7,000 this last year. I think when they started this whole marketing technology thing, there was two or 300 on that map. There's 7,000 this year, and that's in a space of like five or six years. So the whole, the whole driver was is that even in the accounting space, there is a massive number of apps that are connecting to zero now, but now they're looking for this connected between zero and the CRM that's driving a lot of this behavior. All right, Craig, onto our resource of the week. Now, this is something you discovered. It's about e-commerce as video. So this is an article put out by Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, they're an investment company, venture capital company in the US that invest in a lot of technology companies over the years. So probably name any technology or big site, Uber, WeWork, anything they've probably invested in them. Anyway, they often look at trends of what's happening in the market while they're seeing. And this particular article is really interesting because it's around the role of video being basically the entry into e-commerce. So we typically think of e-commerce like a Shopify site, right? Oh, here's a catalog I go through, I find the product I want, then I click add to basket, etc. What they're looking at is all these examples, predominantly from China, I have to say, uh, of it's all in-app. So you're in an app and you're seeing videos that demonstrate something. They're often viral videos, funny things, demonstrating a product and the buy button is right there in the app. 
So it's it's no longer I go to a site to buy it. It's like I'm watching videos I just buy in-app and then it's a beautiful experience all within the app. So we're actually going to dig into this in a future episode in some detail. However, just really wanted to highlight, you should read this article and look at some of the example videos of how commerce is going on in China. It's amazing. That's right. And I think if you are in marketing and sales, you've got to know what's going on. And I was amazed. And we know this happens. I mean, already we, we can do things like you could be on Facebook browsing things and you can pretty much buy straight off Facebook without ever leaving the platform. It's about changing the way we are interacting. And I know for a fact, I've watched what people do and how they browse stuff. What they were saying here, it's like, you don't even have to go to the store. Craig, you and me could be making a video right now about a particular product. And then the buy button comes up to, hey, you want to buy it? Oh, that mug that we have, the Ember mug. Oh, the Ember mug, yeah. We could be using our Ember mug right now. And then a buy button would come up and you'd be able to buy your Ember mug straight off that video that we're posting about the review. Like, It's definitely the way it's going. I mean, we're seeing hints of this with Instagram and their e-commerce connectivity that they're building into Instagram. But when you see this post and you see some of the examples, it's just, it's already here in a massive way in China. It's just that we're not seeing it. Well, certainly not in, in Australia. That's right. All right. A quote of the week, Craig. Who's this unknown person that you're quoting? He's very unknown. You're not going to know him. His name's Damesh Shah. And if you don't know him, please go and find out who he is. A lovely, lovely gentleman. Anyway, he has this quote. It says, Many companies have forgotten they sell to actual people. Humans care about the entire experience, not just marketing or sales or service. To really win in the modern age, you must solve for humans. Damesh has hit the nail on the head again. Yet again, we should say. Didn't he have that quote that's painted up on the wall at HubSpot yeah. when we were visiting Boston? Yes. What was that quote? I, can't I think remember it's it. always, it's something that uh, if you make your customers look good and you look good in the process. Yes, that's right. It is. Yep. I, was, I was searching my pockets, Craig, to see whether I had it because I have it, a picture you, on my phone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you just kept Damesh quotes in your pocket <laughs> just for, for these kinds of situations. <laughs> oh, Damesh, love you. All right. Now we do have some crazy collection of awesome calculators, Craig. Uh, Omnicalculator.com. I, I've, I haven't found a use for this yet, but it's so awesome. I've actually shared it with my team and everyone I know, and I'm putting it in the show notes. Omnica- you go to this link and it's got calculators for anything and everything. There's like hundreds of them. So next time you're thinking, oh, I wish I had a calculator to calculate something to do with health or finances or anything, life. Just go to Omnicalculator.com. That's it. All right, and there's another one in Rand Fishkin's thread uh, on Google's response to Congress when they asked whether less than 50% of clicks on Google go to non-Google properties. Yes, and their disingenuous responses avoiding. And But look, frankly, the answer is yes, less than 50% of clicks go to non-Google properties, i.e. more than 50% of clicks go to Google properties. So you're on Google searching. They go to Google Properties more often than not, the clicks. So, yeah, very interesting behavior. However, compare that to what we were just talking about in-app commerce going like that. So, you can go onto Google and maybe there's something you're searching for and want to buy. You could click, well, it might go to Google or it might not. might go off to your site if you're lucky. The in-app experience, when you look at that article we are chatting about before with video, you are staying in that app. So, look, that's the way Google's going. All the platforms are. So, you can't. I, I don't think there's a case to be saying, oh, that's not fair. It's, that's what's happening. That's exactly right. And it's how we understand all of this and how this affects what we do is what you need to really understand. 
Now, listeners, we'd love you to leave us some feedback as it helps us reach more and more people. Now, you can leave your feedback on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Spotify, you can. Even YouTube, where you can visit the ones and ones of visitors to our episodes on YouTube. That has just not worked at all, has it? No, but again, we're testing and we're there. We're testing and measuring. However, Instagram, that's where we might get a lot of our impact. So, yeah, you can leave us a comment on Instagram as well. And thank you so much for listening to us. And as we head towards Inbound 2019, we hope you have a great week. See you, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.